Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at Super Talk fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from we appreciate all you guys out there our great listeners especially our service men and women out there taking care of us want to thank our sponsors over at strange brew coffee house and churn and spoon ice cream start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at strange brew coffee house here in starkville or at brupolo over in tupelo <laughs> be a little weird robbie if brupolo was in gums Gums. Yeah. It would be a little weird. Yeah. I've I had never heard of gums, but uh it's between uh Coffeeville and what's the of next course it is. and Bruce, I guess you would say it's on highway three thirty. So it's very close to coffee and brew. Maybe it wouldn't be that weird. I, I'm just saying it's sandwiched in between a place that starts with brew bet, and coffee. I bet Paul Jones knows where Gums is because it's not far from Grenada Lake. So, oh yeah, definitely. He's. I, I bet if we called him right now, hey man, I got family in Gums. Maybe I bet. I guarantee it. I guarantee. Yeah, it. I've been to Gums a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> well, if you've been to Gums and you want some coffee, you know where to get it. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Order it online. They'll ship it right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machine's on the front counter in your house, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. I was talking to Scott, the owner of College Corner today. He had a couple of things he wanted to let me know. Obviously, they're getting in new shipments of new polos uh, every day, and they are really trying to focus on the script state and the uh, M over S. And he also wanted to let me know that at the Governor's Cup uh, next month that they will have a booth set up there as well. So if you want to get some great MSU merchandise, Check them out. And, of course, you can shop there all the time. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Startville's best restaurant. I mean, I don't have to do a lot of selling at that point, I don't think. I think once I tell you it's the best, and you guys know me, you trust me through all the years, for the most part, I think. Maybe not on some of my football picks and recruiting analysis. But when it comes to restaurants, I feel like I've earned your trust. And I'm just telling you that Restaurant Tyler is the number one. Lunch, dinner, brunch, whatever meal you're looking for, you want to eat it at Restaurant Tyler. You're a trusted local eater. Respected local eater. There you go. Yes, I appreciate that. Yes, that title was bequeathed to me. Priority One Bank. 16 locations throughout Central Mississippi to serve you. We always talk about eat local. We always talk about shop local. You want to bank local, too. That way, when you need to make a decision for yourself, about a loan, you get to talk to the people you have a relationship with. You don't have to worry about putting them in the hands of somebody in a corporate office you know, who's never met you. You're talking to the people you deal with every single day. 16 locations makes it finding a branch near you very easy. Check them out online, PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you 
their priority. Mississippi State baseball got back on the winning track, Robbie, uh, Tuesday night, 16-2. to I'll just come out and tell you that Arkansas State is a bad baseball team. No getting around that. Uh, you should, probably shouldn't schedule them, especially later in the season. You might end up having to cancel that game. You never know. Um, but that being said, two pitchers made a return for Mississippi State on Tuesday night. Aaron Nixon, who wasn't a great return, but was back at it. Uh, but he did bean. Now, bean's a tough word. He didn't hit him in the head. He plunked three batters. Lamona said after the game that he had told him, look, you're getting five batters or 15 pitches, and that's it. And he uh, plunked three and got two out, and that was that for him. And then Cole Cheatham, who hadn't pitched in, I, I don't think he only thrown an inning this season. He got back on the mound as well. Wasn't particularly impressive, but somebody, another arm there. And then when I talked to Lamonis on Monday, he said that he thought there might be somebody back this weekend. Uh, could that be Pico Khan? Could that be Kate Smith? Could that be Parker Stinnett? I don't know the answer to that question. But, Robbie, it feels like State's starting to get a little healthier, getting some more options there on the mound. I think the big one, obviously, is Kate Smith. That's the one that State needs to get back. Because once he's back and you sort of know where to put him, that's when everything else can fall into place regarding the rotation and the bullpen. Yeah, no doubt. I mean... When he was healthy, and he obviously was not the last time he was out there against Arizona State, he was probably the guy that you've trusted the most in that weekend rotation. And if even if he's not just great, he can help you eat up some innings and he can be competitive, and he's done it in the SEC, and that's that's huge. I mean, Mississippi State needs all of those guys that they can get. They need Pico Cone back. They need Aaron Nixon to be um, ready to roll as a – potential closer for this team. Um, and if if all of that comes together and then you have, you know, Casey Hunt, that's a guy that can get you an inning or two right before, you know, setting up for a closer, then you start to really start to think, see things kind of uh, come together for Mississippi State and the pitching staff. And that's really what they need right now is just some stability and some consistency and to be able to turn to guys that they know are going to come out there and throw strikes. Um, I'm not all that worried about Aaron Nixon. I think that was 100% just rust mm-hmm. for him. That's a guy that has not – he's pitched in one game for Mississippi State so far, and he hasn't pitched in, what, like a, a month? So I, I, I think that he's going to be fine. Um, you get all those guys back, and there's some options that you have there all of a sudden. Uh, Nate Dome can be a starter if you choose that route, or he could be a guy that can go long relief or close. Then you have another guy that's basically a closer, and Aaron Nixon. You could potentially have two closers on the weekend, which not everybody gets that kind of luxury. Um, I think Dome would probably – I still think that he could be a good starter for you. If he's going to throw five innings, if he can throw five innings on a weekend anyway, mm-hmm. or six innings, why not just go ahead and start him? and give yourself a really good chance to win one of those weekend games. There's a lot of options there. Bradley Lofton, it looks like he could potentially move into the weekend. Right now, he's been one of your more impressive starters. I know it's been midweek games, but just from a, the ability... I mean, just, just the state's been playing midweek kind of teams prior to last weekend and weren't getting those kind of starts. So, yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. Other than the walks, he's been outstanding. He's been very difficult to hit. And he got those um, down last night. Yes, he did. Two walks last night. That was probably his best start. And, um, and again, it's Arkansas State, but you can only play who's in front of you. And so far, nobody's been able to really touch Bradley Lofton. Yeah. The only guys that are getting on base 
are getting dribblers or bloops or getting walked. So if he's not walking anybody, he's immediately one of your best pitchers. And that could end up being um, a weekend spot for him. I don't know. I don't know what they do. I think it's a, I think it's open season for everybody. Yeah. I don't think anybody's locked anything in. Nobody was good last week pitching. Drangelo Sanja was okay after the first inning, but there's been nobody outside of Nate Dome that you've been able to say, when they come in the ballgame, they're going to shut down the other team or mm-hmm. we're going to win the ball game. There's and, been nobody that said that. It's wide open. And Dome took the loss last week with the wild pitch. He did. He did. So, um, I, you know, there, there's there's going to be some options when everybody's healthy. Talking to Lamonis on Monday, he, he made it sound like, you know, Lofton was, was penciled in to start this game. Next week, hmm. it might not be the case. Next week, they might look to a different midweek starter. And honestly, that could be a, a place where if Cade Smith is ready to come back, let him start the midweek just to ease back into it, and then you can move Lofton into the the weekend rotation. Not I mean, not the rotation, but into the group that you, you you're going to throw on the weekends. Um, and I think that's probably the best case scenario. Talking, to, we got to talk to Lofton last night for the first time. That is a focused young man. He is, well, he's not much for questions, and he's very, very matter of fact in his answers. I appreciated it personally. I, you could tell this is a guy. Already at a young age, that kind of has a major league mentality about how he wants to do things. You know about how he was very, you know, very uh, regimented in his routines uh, prior to games and things of that nature. So, and the talent is just obvious with him. And it's like we said, he had his best outing last night: uh, five innings pitched, three hits, no earned runs, uh, nine Ks to two walks. He threw seventy-three uh, pitches total. So you know, out of the game, out of the weekend possibilities in all likelihood. But if you can get Cade Smith back, I think that that gives you an opportunity to move Lofton over to the weekend, and then you have to make a decision with your rotation. I think at that point, once Cade Smith is back, I'm trying to think: Do you want to go? You know, let's let's say, let's go with my scenario. I'm saying that Smith starts on a, a midweek. But then by the next weekend, you think he'd be back to the to being on the weekend. Would you go? Would you change your rotation to Sanjay, Dom, and uh, and Smith? Where does Gartman fit in? How, how would you piece it together? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I I don't really know what you do. I mean, I think I think when Cade Smith is healthy, is probably your best guys are probably um, Cade Cade Smith maybe on. Saturday, Drangelo mm-hmm. on Friday, and maybe Dome on Sunday. And if you don't want to go with Dome, then Landon Gartman, you have Dome coming out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, like I said, you're going to have options here. And that's that's a good thing for Mississippi State because last year they didn't really have options. This year they have options. Guys haven't been consistent, but I think we've seen more from those players. So I, I don't know what you do. I, you know, they should probably have their finger on the pulse of what they think can – happen but I think your best from a from a pure talent standpoint your best three are Drangelo, Cade, and Dole. And if those guys lock it in, you have Landon Gartman possibly on the midweek, you have a pretty solid rotation, you would think. Yeah. I agree with that. I I feel like there's there's good options for Mississippi State. And and they're starting to come together. It's just going to be a question. You know, you may have to, you know, sacrifice isn't the right word. But you're going to have to you know, make some tough decisions on the weekend. Like, look, we're not going to pitch this guy here, even though we could use him. We got to get this set up for us, you know, in, in the weeks to come. 
this weekend, you know, I think we're, we're both in agreement that Graham Intima will not be getting a starting uh, slot this weekend. Uh, I, I do believe Sinjay will stay on Friday. I think that you'll definitely see uh, Gartman either Saturday or Sunday. And then it's going to be the de- the decision I feel is going to have to be made on Nate Dome. Uh, I feel like I agree with you 100% that, you know, this is a guy who's shown that he can give you four, five, maybe even six innings and, and maintain that plus fastball, that 96, 97 mile an hour fastball. That's a guy that needs to be in your rotation. You, you know, it doesn't really help you to have a closer when you can't hold leads in the second, third, and fourth innings. You need a guy who can get out, start the game, and then you'll figure it out on the back end. Hopefully, Nixon can give you some of that. Casey Hunt, as you mentioned, has got has been better in his re, his relief appearances. I think Dome has to move into the rotation starting this weekend. Yeah, I mean, um, if Nixon is back and Nixon's able to be <clears throat> consistent, yeah, I mean, you can't have him come out and pluck three batters, which I still think is kind of a fluky thing. I agree with that. That that, that one one is. Fine. Two. Okay. Three means something. He was just rusty. I, I I can't I can't see that happen. And it, it didn't look to me like he was you know that he was you know throwing a lot of balls. I think he's just kind of he was just pegging people. So it wasn't like he was out there just like throwing it to the backstop, right, or anything like that. We well, hit all three guys in the same spot. He hit them all on the hip. So I mean, yeah, the look the precision was there. Yeah, he knew where he was. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's if you had some starters that you felt really good about, then sure, you could probably um, put Dome in the back of the bullpen or even as a long reliever and feel good about it. But there just hasn't been enough consistently good starts from this starting rotation um, to feel really good about it. I mean, Bradley Lofton, like I said, he's probably been your most consistent guy. I mean, he's walked a bunch of guys, but he's going into the middle part of the ball game every time he goes out there. Graham Mintema, you I mean, he didn't even get it out the other day. Landon Gartman made it one through one time through the order. He wasn't really doing anything. Lofton right now is well, he's tied with Gerangelo. They both have a two two five, which is strange that uh, the two freshmen are your most consistent starters at this point. They've done 44 innings combined with 19 hits, and they've they've struck out well over 50 batters, so over 60 batters. Yeah. So, I mean, those are your best two starters right now. I don't know what to do with. I mean, I, I'm like I think Bradley Lofton should be pitching on the weekends. Like he, uh, I think he will be next weekend. I I do believe that. I mean, the walks are high for him. He's walked he walked five or more guys in three straight games. The last night was probably his best effort of the year. Five innings, three hits, no runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. Um, he's walking people, but th- he doesn't get knocked around. He hasn't given up more than three hits in a game yet. So nobody's been able to hit him. Um, I, I think it's important to get those midweek games, but it almost feels like he, he's kind of getting wasted a little bit if you're not getting the, that production on the weekend. Now, he could come out and, and pitch next week against South Carolina or whoever they're playing. I think it's South Carolina. It's South Carolina. He, he can come out and get absolutely destroyed. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how he's going to react to SEC, but some of these other guys have played some bad teams and have not had the same kind of production that Bradley Lawton has. So I I don't know what to do with 
with these guys. I mean, it kind of boils down to goes back to what Chris Simonis was saying preseason. He's got like like fifteen guys that say they want to be starters, and there's not a whole lot of guys that have really settled into roles. I mean, I think Gerangelo has has really settled into a role, and I, I believe Lofton is a starter as well. But other than that, I mean, everybody else. I don't know what they are. Colby Holcomb had a really good start and then was terrible out of the bullpen the other day. Uh, Graham Eintham has been bad out of the bullpen and as a starter. I, I don't know what to do with a lot of these guys. I, I feel like Cade Smith's definitely a starter. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I just I just don't know. I mean, Nate Dome is probably your best pitcher. So if you feel like Nate Dome is your best pitcher, don't you have to start him? Yes, I think you're at a point now where if you're Mississippi State, you've got to figure out who your most talented arms are that, that can get you five innings, and those are your starters. You, you can't you can't mess around any longer. You, you've backed yourself into the corner now where it's like the idea of postseason play is is slipping away from you. You can't afford to lose a whole lot of more games. So you got to figure this out quickly starting this weekend. And maybe you know by next weekend – Whatever your weekend rotation is, you're gonna. I mean, that needs to be your be, your best three guys. And if that's yeah. Lofton, Smith, Dome, Senjay, whatever combination it is, it's 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 that combination. It's those four guys, for sure. I think. I mean, Gartman. I like Gartman, but I think Gartman would be a, a great midweek starter. I, I you know on, on the weekend. And you know what's funny is like last weekend he got off to a really good start. The first three innings he was fine, and then it just fell apart for him in the fourth. But maybe that's he was great in the first three innings. I don't yeah, know. He, was, he was just mowing them down. And you're like, okay, state's state's going to come back and get this win, and and they just didn't. And you know, it just it just is what it is there. So I just I have no clue, like what what the best moves are. Like if if every all things are equal and everybody's healthy, like I I think that I would go like I said earlier with Gerangelo, Cade, and Dome. But you can make a case for Bradley Lofton. I mean, you you still can make a case for Landon Gartman. But I just don't. I feel like if you if those three are starters, then Landon Gartman's probably your midweek guy. Um, I agree. And then, uh, I, I think I think the key to to a lot of this is Aaron Nixon. Yeah, Aaron Nixon has got to be freshman All American. Aaron Nixon at yeah. Texas, he's got to be. A guy that when he comes out of the bullpen, you feel like he can beat any lineup in the country. He's got to be a shutdown closer. And if if that doesn't work out, then you've got to have Nate Dome back there because you you've got to have a guy that you if you get a lead in the eighth inning and you go to the top of the ninth, you feel like this guy can come in and get three outs against LSU. Mm-hmm. And there's not that many guys that can do that. Right. So you know, state's got to figure that out. And I just I think the biggest thing is all these guys got to get healthy. You got to have Pico. Pico really needs to start getting in there and getting some reps because there's not a ton of lefties that you feel great about on this roster right now. Um, so you know Pico's got to got to get things going, and uh, hopefully Casey Hunt continues to do what he did. I I know he wasn't just incredible against. Um, Kentucky, but he had some big moments in that game. That he got outs, and he just had you know the, the, the one walk. I thought I, mean, I don't think he ever should have been in the game to to deliver that walk. I thought the dome should have started the eighth there, and I think that was a mistake by Chris Lamontis and Scott Foxall, in my opinion. 
I mean, his last since, – since he came back from, I guess, what was an injury, I don't know what was going on. I mean, his last four games, he's only given up one run. Yeah. And that, that one run was the run that Dome gave up mm-hmm. on that base hit uh, whenever you know he had walked uh, the guy to lead off the inning. But two walks in five and a third innings, and he struck out eight. Yeah. Five and a third. I mean, he's I- been – I'm telling you, that guy is better as a reliever than he is is. as a star. He He is. is. And he's better in that role, I feel like, like a setup. Mm -hmm. And he needs to come in in a clean inning. Yeah. Start the inning off. Yeah. Down the strike zone and and see what happens. I agree 100%. Although last night, I mean, no pressure, obviously, stayed up up 16 to to, to nothing or or whatever it was. But uh, he came in with bases loaded, and I was just like, Okay, but I mean that's a good opportunity there. Where look, even if you give up a grand slam, we're still going to win the game. You have, yeah. you know, there's no there's no real pressure here. But it is like, hey, let's get out of this inning. Here's we're going to put you in a jam. It's, it's as close to a simulated situation as you could get. So, like I said, Thomas, you know, the, the the hourglass is starting to run a little thin on Mississippi State. They've got to start figuring things out. You know, uh, just getting a win this weekend. I, I hate the idea of losing a series at home. You want to win those series, but I feel like if they can just get a win this weekend, that'll that'll give them a little bit of breathing room, and then they can you know start putting things together, starting with South Carolina and then Alabama. Now South Carolina on the season, I don't know what they did in the midweek last night, but you know they were twenty and one. But at the same time, they've played one of the weakest schedules in the SEC. So you know, yeah, it, most it, of those teams get exposed when you get in the SEC play. You say that, and then they started last week with Georgia, and they swept them. So. You know, five sweeps. I don't know about Georgia either. I don't know. But yeah, that that it was really strange. You know, Missouri swept Tennessee. Yeah, and you know, like Ole Miss got swept. Like that was a little bit of a surprise. I thought Mm -hmm. they would at least take one in that series. Arkansas swept Auburn, and uh, yeah, see Mississippi State getting swept. So five. I feel like Auburn, Auburn and Bama are are kind of pretenders for me. Texas A and M had to have a, a sort of a late comeback to avoid getting swept as well. They dropped the first two to LSU. So I mean, you almost had six. We have six. Yeah, that's crazy. What a, what a, the conference this year is going to be, you know, nuts. I think with with with, with I think everybody's kind of close. You know, LSU is going to be, I think, the cream of the crop there. But I mean, Tennessee is really really good, but they're three games back of first right this second. And Alabama, say what you want about them, they should have taken two out of three from Florida last week, and they had the lead going into the bottom of the ninth in game uh, in the game on Friday. So. They had an opportunity to get two out of three on the road at Florida. So it's just just a crazy weekend. Ole Miss has got Florida this weekend. That they're hosting them in Oxford. So, you know, we'll see, you know, who bounces back. So but states pitch- You just don't have a whole lot of like you know, in, in sixteen, I, I made this um correlation yesterday. You know, sixteen, remember like the last three weeks, like state had it set up perfectly for them to win the SEC, yes. but they had they to play the three worst teams back to back to back. Yes. Yeah, you know, they got two out of three from Bama. They mm-hmm. swept Missouri and then they swept Arkansas. I think it was. And Auburn too. Auburn in there. So it was four weeks actually. Yeah. Okay. Um so they had to like win all that. There there you can and we looked at that and we were like, okay, they should sweep a couple of these. Yeah. You don't see that anymore in the yeah. SEC, like you can't go into the weekend saying they will sweep so and so. There's no team in the SEC that I look at and I think state can sweep this team to make right. up some ground for sure. Now there are teams I would say state can get swept by, but that's that's yeah. a different story. So, all right, let's move on to the next part of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef 
it's what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're firing up the grill or if you're going to be at Duty Noble out there uh, in your loft spot and you want to you want to throw some beef on the grill, everybody around you is going to be happy. You're always the, 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 the envy of the lounge when somebody walks past the grill that's got all the ribeyes sitting out there uh, grilling up. Don't you know? You don't want to be hot dog guy. You want to be ribeye guy. You want to have that. That's the uh, that's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the the title that you want when you're out there. So I mentioned tacos the other day. Shout out to our friend Chad Dacus over there at the One Tortilla Grill. Makes the, some of the best tacos you'll have in the, at the left field lounge. He does. He does. Great guy too. Uh, that being said, hopefully I'm sure he's cooking up some beef this weekend. He's that kind of guy. So. Whatever you're cooking this weekend, make sure that beef. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm doing some. I think I'm gonna do some steaks this weekend. Put some steaks on the grill. It's it's time. It's yeah, time. Why not? Why not? There's beef. never a bad day for those. You're right about that. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats over in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern soul food. Great weather coming. You know, to, to Starkville in the spring. That means the Two Brothers patio will be happening. They've always got great live music. They've got crawfish boils planned for this summer. And, of course, just the food that they always have is going to be the best in town. Whenever somebody says, hey, hey, Dad, where should I come when I'm in Starkville? Two Brothers is always on the top of the list, and that's for a good reason. It's just so darn good. Check them out next time you're in Starkville or anytime you're in Starkville. Head to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service is what every business likes to promise you, but Advantage Business Systems prefers, they prefer to deliver it to you. And they've been doing that for 48 years. So when you need technology on your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you call them back and you talk to the same people who made you the sale. No overseas call centers, no uh, out-of-state consultant to set an appointment with. No, you just talk to the people that you already know. We talked earlier about having relationships with people. Here's another example. Give them a call, 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Check out the Collegiate Collection at the Rogue in Jackson. It is the best grouping of polos, quarter zips that I have seen. They've got the logos that you want. They've got the name brands that you know and trust, and they back everything up with the incredible service that you expect from one of the South's top men's clothing stores. Check them out online at therogue.com or shop at the Rogue in Jackson. And if you need a new polo, new quarter zip this baseball season, don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Luva Wine Bar, I hope this weekend, you know, baseball, this is their first real weekend to be uh, doing anything with home baseball. I hope you'll come by and check it out because it is just a an experience that we don't have anywhere else in the city of Starkville. An incredible wine list, craft cocktails, and fantastic food, and an ambiance that can't be matched right there at 509 University Drive. It's, it's right now at Starkville's best-kept secret. I don't think that secret's going to stay in much longer, so go over and check them out this weekend. Here in town for baseball, Luva Wine Bar at 509 University Drive. Spring practice is back uh, at Mississippi State. Tuesday uh, was the start of it. There's practice Thursday, then there's practice Saturday. Uh, Saturday, we'll get to talk to Arnett after the uh, practice, so I'm looking forward to that. Some scrimmages have been set up for uh, the, the weekends before Super Bulldog. Uh, and they have not uh, let us know if there'll be media access to that, and they're only allowing media access for the first 20 minutes of practice. So if you like watching guys stretch, you can be in the media and go to practice. But what do we are, get? What do we get from that? Nothing. Maybe maybe some pictures, some pictures. You know. But I get it. But like, here's my thing. Like, it's the spring. You got a first year coach. Like, wouldn't it be good to be to get you some positive publicity? 
like to you know we're hey guys uh you know Creed Whitmore's looking really good right mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. you know this all I get him, it Mike Wright is really looking good and like I <laughs> I just don't understand that I mean spring should be wide open in my opinion I, I think that we should I think we should see whatever we want to do whatever we want to see and we should report on whatever we want to report on nobody's you're going to be exposed in the SEC fairly quickly anyway. Everybody's going to know what you're running. You know, reports from spring practice aren't going to give you an upper hand, or, or I guess keeping those reports from getting out aren't going to give right. you an upper hand on Alabama. Right. No, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, I've always thought that, and this is just my opinion, and, you know, coaches are free to do what they want, but I've always thought either have practice open or have practice closed. Yeah, you don't want us there. You don't want us there. That's fine. But don't 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 tell me, hey, you can be there for the first twenty minutes. I feel like, you know, like what am I what am I doing? I, I'm, I'm watching them, you know, stretch. Like yeah, I'm, not, I'm not interested in calisthenics. No, like I I'm just not, I'm just not going to go up there. Exactly. I live I live thirty minutes away. I'm going to get I'm going to spend more time on the road than I am seeing practice. I'm just not going to I'm right. not going to go. Through. I'll go. And, I'll go. I know they don't I'll care. Go. I mean, that's yeah, fine. They, I, I, yeah, yeah. they don't give a crap whether we're put out or not. I understand that completely. But I just like you're so angry. Well, I'm just saying. I, I'm, I mean, that's just true. I don't think Zach Ornette cares whether or not he we're doesn't. But well, that's fine. I, he doesn't get paid to care what we think. That's no, fine. No, that's I, fine with me. It, that, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I completely understand that he doesn't yeah. care. I'm just, from my point of view, you know, the fan right. base. You're wanting to sell tickets. You I keep get putting it. out these tweets about selling tickets. Why don't we give him something to get excited about? Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's, I, I just think he 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 doesn't. He just he heard you're going to ask him some tough questions. He's like, well, he can't come and watch things. <laughs> so, um, oh man. So that being said, Robbie, we, we've we've talked. You know, we've done three position breakdowns: quarterback, running back, and uh, and wide receiver. We've interviewed Barbe. We've talked to Chad Bump. I mean, we've we, there's really been an offensive focus, and as, as well, there should be right. It, it's that's where the uh, the focus is. That's where you know. All the dramatic changes are. I think today, let, let's talk a little bit about this defense, what they're bringing back, and and what our expectations are going to be for them this fall. So with Matt Brock, I mean, there's going to be some changes, right? He, he's his own man. He'll do a lot of what Arnett did. The three three five isn't going anywhere, but he, he's going to be his own guy and make his own changes. But to me, this is more about personnel than anything else. And I think if State has two spots where I'm like, if they can just you know be okay there. Yeah, because I don't think you I don't think you'll be as good at corner, obviously, with with Emmanuel Forbes. I don't whoever replaces Forbes is not gonna be as good as Forbes. And then I think the Tyrus Wheat position, the Sam, is, is the other one I have to be worried about. Is that the Sam or the Will? I, I don't know. It's whatever position Tyrus Wheat played. I, I'm not Sam. I yeah, I, the, the 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 semantics of it are irrelevant to me. But you gotta have somebody there who's able to rush the quarterback and, and make plays the way that Tyrus Wheat did for you. Those are the two positions where I feel like if State can find good answers there, they have a chance to be just as good, if not better, than they were a year ago defensively. Yeah, there's no doubt. Not, um, they they have a lot of good young linebackers, which Matt Brock has done a good job, I think, developing and coaching linebackers. Um, and, you know, obviously he had that class last year where he brought in three or four really talented raw pass rushers, um, guys that I think have a chance to be the next good, really good group there in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, Avery Sledge, um, uh, 
Jabay Gilmore, mm-hmm. uh, Khalid Moore, those mm-hmm. guys, I think they should start getting their reps this year. And I think this could be a really good season for John Lewis at mm-hmm. the Sam. This is his and opportunity. That's a guy we talked about last year who, and he didn't yep. end up not making that impact. But this year, it's kind of wide open for him because yeah. it looks like Ty Cooper is going to be a tight end, at least for the spring. And that's given a ton of reps to John Lewis at the Sam. And I think he's probably going to take over that spot. He's just, he's too talented not to really become that guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm really, I'm really pleased with the depth that they have there. It's, it's kind of unproven behind the, the, uh, the Buki Watsons and the Jet Johnsons, but it's really, really raw, really good talent. It's, it's talent that state, has had in the past. I think guys that can really move, guys that you could see playing on Sundays at, at some point. So I, I like what they got there. Uh, and they, you obviously have a front three with those defensive linemen that are going to be really experienced, that are going to open up some plays for them. Jaden Cromedy really changed what Mississippi State did last year on the defensive side of the ball when he got back. And I think that's going. That's only going to make life easier for a lot of those players. And Tyrus Wheat was a uh, big loss for Mississippi State from an experience standpoint and skill set. A guy that was built like a defensive lineman, but could move like a, a linebacker. Um, you know, that's that's going to be a tough loss. But I think there's. I think somebody is going to step up in his place and and really kind of take a good step forward. On the defensive line, I mean, you've got a, a, a very interesting mix of veterans and youth. Obviously, you bring back Crumity, you bring back Pickering, uh, you bring back Jack Harris. That's a guy. Demonte Russell has, has gotten a lot of snaps. But then you have the young guys that in that same class that you mentioned with Gilmore and Sledge and and Moore. You know, you have the Calvin Dinkins and the Trevion Williams. We haven't seen much of Deontay Anderson. That was a four star kid that State signed a couple years ago. So there's some young unproven talent there to go with the veterans. I feel like State's got a, a big mix. We talked a lot about Trevion Williams last offseason. Do you think he's he's another guy that you see making a leap forward this year? Very well could. He looks like a million bucks, man. He looks he looks really good. Um and there's still, you know, he's been I think he's played some in the middle and he can play on the outside too if you need him to. He's just a real versatile guy that since State got him, I mean, he's just had that look of a, a future NFL lineman. And I think this year could be his opportunity to start getting some more reps. I think Deontay Anderson is probably going to start getting some more reps too this year. Um, and this is why I wish they would have played some of these guys a little more last year. But you also get a little bit of a reprieve because you bring back Nathan Pickering, Jordan Davis, Jaden Crumity. Those guys come back this year, so you have a chance to kind of right those wrongs a little bit and get some more playing time for the Calvin Dinkins and the Don Terry Russells and the Travion Williams and guys like that and Deontay Andersons. Hopefully that rotation is a little more crisp this year for Mississippi State and they're a little more liberal with it we and they're able to get those guys in there. About how State was not – they just didn't do a good job last year getting those young guys reps, uh, especially early in the season. And you know, hopefully that's, that's something that's not going to be a – a detriment this year. That's a, that's a good point. In the I mean, they've got to do it this year because those, Jordan Davis, Crumity, and Pickering are on their way out. Yeah. And then if these guys don't get that kind of uh, production this year and they don't play much, then you've got guys that have hardly played in their college career coming in next year that have got to be 
like winning battles up front mm-hmm. against SEC offensive linemen every single week, and right. they don't have the experience. Exactly. So this is the next crop. I mean, next year it's their year. It's yeah. it's Deontay Anderson or Travion Williams, Dontari Russell, and Calvin Dinkins on the defensive line next year. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you got to get those guys some some reps this year. In the secondary, I mean, it's all about the transfers, right? You have DeCamry and Richardson back there, but by and large, I think there's just going to be a lot of guys, a lot of new faces. Uh, I, you know, Kamari Rogers is going to be in, in the mix at cornerback. And then the safety position, I mean, it's two classes worth of transfers back there. You know, from last year, you got Hunter Washington, you've got Marcus Banks, you've got uh, Jordan Morant, and then you've got the guys who came in this year, Radar Jones, who's not here yet, um, Jacoby Albert. And Chris Keys, and then you got a guy like Corey Ellington, who's another sort of a, a theme here, Robbie, of guys that we thought last year. You know, we talked about Williams, we talked about Lewis, we talked about Corey Ellington a lot, and he he got a lot of reps in the spring and even into the fall camp, but then never did much in the season. He's another guy that State would like to see take a step forward this year. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of that too was just a, those other guys just kind of stepping up, and they just trusted those starters a little more, but. um it's kind of wide open back there. You know, Sean Preston's going to play a factor, mm-hmm. being a, a veteran that's played a lot of football for Mississippi State. And uh, I feel like Hunter Washington's going to take a step this year. Jordan Morant probably going to be counted on a lot more. Corey Ellington, like you mentioned. I really wish that we could have seen t- Isaac Smith in the spring. Yeah, I didn't even but, mention him, but that's a guy I, I, I would be willing to guarantee plays a role this fall. I mean, uh, this would have been such a huge spring for him, and I, I feel like he would have locked in a spot had he played. And I still feel like he will be a, a factor, but you're you're taking you're taking away a whole spring from him when he had the opportunity to come in here and and um, and compete right away. But you look at him just you know in the pit or you know walking around and stuff. There's not many safeties that look like that kid. I mean, he is just solid and uh, great athlete, obviously. It's going to be, just looking at him just on the hoof, it's, it's going to be tough to keep him off the field. On the but um, Marcus Banks, I think, is also going to be a factor for Mississippi so State too. in the back I, that, end. That's the guy I would almost be willing to pencil into one of those starting spots. Yeah. So – the 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 guys were there. I mean, the the talent is there. You have some talented players. It's just some of those guys are unproven. Yeah, and the and the guys behind. I mean, after the Cameron Richardson, you really don't have a lot of proven guys at cornerback. They've got to have some guys. You know, they, they the recruiting the last two classes at corner has been a little bit better. Obviously, it started off slow, but a guy like Odavian Collins needs to be able to maybe take a step forward this year. You know, they they got to find a, a you know a third and fourth corner. To, to work with because right now they, they don't really have it. It was Marcus Banks a season ago. And I, you know, I don't know, I don't know who it's going to be, you know, this time around when you, when you look at the corners, I mean, is it going to be, uh, you know, I mean, looking at the roster, DeCarlos Nicholson, I mean, could I, I be, think could be could DeCarlos. Be special he, teams. He looks a lot team, better. He looks a lot better this year. And there's been a lot of talk about another one of the recruits, the true freshman, Luke Evans, who was the, the guy they flipped from Cincinnati the earlier returns on him seem very promising as well. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, Not surprising that yeah. Luke Fickle had a good eye for defensive uh, recruits there. Right. Now, I really like this cornerback group. And Kamar Rogers, uh, I think, probably a guy that, that can compete. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DKM is his is his spot, and then it's like you said, kind of it's up to somebody else to go take us wide open on the other end. Right. But really talented group of players, just like the safeties. I mean, yeah. the, the talent is there. There, it's just like the last two years. You know, you lost um, Cameron Dantzler and. Somebody had to step up there mm-hmm. for Mississippi State on the other end, along with uh, Martin Emerson. Mm-hmm. You lose Emerson, and then you know you had Forbes. Somebody else had to step up. To Cameron Richardson did. So every year, State's been faced with this: like they have a guy returning, they feel good about the other guys is the one that's got to carry the load. And uh, who's that going to be? I mean, who's going to be the next Martin Emerson? Who's going to be the next Emmanuel Forbes that was the guy that stepped in that kind of surprised you a little bit? Um, it could be a, a freshman just like Emmanuel Forbes was his first year. Who knows? I mean, Luke Evans would probably be my front runner for that if that's the case. Yeah. We'll see what happens. There's, like I said, a lot of names back there. We just don't know those guys yet, but somebody's going to have to step into the play. And at least you've got some proven guy. I mean, Jacoby Albert has played in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marcus Banks has played in the SEC. And then you've got. I mean, there's just something for me, there's just a comfort level of when you take a transfer from a Florida State, from Michigan, from Indiana, from Power 5 schools, you feel like those guys you know, can step in. It's not like when you take a, a, a transfer from you know an FCS school or a group of five school and you're like, can he do it at this level? You feel like you know that those guys can do it at this level because they got recruited to do it at this level. It's just going to be giving them the opportunities. And then sometimes I'm I'm on the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. If this guy wasn't playing at that school, then maybe he's not ready for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have a whereas you have a guy that's all conference and a lower level, he's done things at a very high level and had a lot of experience. Those are usually some of your best transfers. Sometimes are mm-hmm. the ones that come in from, you know, even like a D two or like uh, a group of five. Those guys that were really good, they come in and they they have kind of a seamless transition. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things like you don't ever know until they actually get in there and mix it up. Yeah. Like Jacoby Albert was I think uh he was a freshman last year, right? Yes. So I mean he to me he's a lot different than some of these guys that have played at Alabama for three years and right. didn't didn't ever play. Kamari Rogers, same way. Same way. State's had good luck though with the power five guys. Jalen Green from Texas, Jackie Matthews from, from West Virginia. So, you know, what, what what we basically just told you is the transfer portal is a crapshoot, and basing your entire recruiting strategy around it might be a little difficult. Not yes. we're, we're not taking any shots at anybody. I'm just saying. I wouldn't do it. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show, we got to go a little more in-depth on Vanderbilt, talk some baseball there. Uh, basketball transfer portal might be heating up as well, so we'll see if we have any names to discuss uh, on, on that note as well. Plus, you know, keep looking ahead to uh, a lot of other good stuff. Have a great Thursday, guys. Robbie Alley back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.